everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. an incredible experience for me <laughs> like a crazier experience than I could have ever got way more education than I would have ever got from an institution that I could have paid <laughs> for an education so I actually have really really enjoyed my experience in this industry and I'm really enjoying these podcasts so if you're listening in today and you are in the hospitality industry you know uh, we have an incredible culture of people and stories that don't often get shared with the world. And so it's my hope that uh, in bringing all of these really fun, cool, amazing people to this podcast that we're bringing some light to that and we're peeling back some of the veil of this industry. Um, I think it's long been uh, almost a little secretive if you're not a part of the hospitality industry. and. Uh, I know for myself personally, coming up in this industry, I faced a lot of, I don't know if judgment's the right word, but a lot of um, questioning as to why this is an industry I'd want to be a part of. And I think this is a really cool opportunity to get to be able to share that. Now, with Original Joe's in State and Maine, we have a saying, and it's that people make the world beautiful. And I've been so lucky to be a part of that for the last... 15, 16 years now, it's been incredible and it's been an incredible journey. And now I get to share some of those people make the world beautiful stories with all of you. So it's, it's my hope in this podcast that we can inspire you, that we can shine some light on the hospitality industry, maybe make you laugh a little today. My guest today is uh, quite funny. We laugh a lot together. So I think we'll have a good time <laughs> um, and, and really just warm your heart. So without further ado, uh, I'd love to introduce my special guest today, Hadley Mann. Hi, Hadley. Hello, Allie. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm having a wonderful Canada Day. Oh, good. I hope you are too. <laughs> it's uh, pretty rainy and gross outside. It is. It is. But you know what? Still, still a great time to be a Canadian. It is, yes. And you know, you're much more rugged than me. So my sister went camping. <laughs> oh, how did that go for her? Uh, she was home in 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I got the text last night just to let you know we're home safe and sound. Okay. <laughs> so that's how the that's how the stones roll. I guess nice. that happens. <laughs> um, I usually just start these podcasts off by you sharing yeah a little bit about yourself maybe how we know each other how we kind of ended up here together and what your journey's kind of been through the hospitality industry sure yeah i mean i think my my story started how how many of ours has um at super entry level like 15 year old dishwasher at a pizza hut was like my introduction to this uh this industry and i've kind of moved through a variety of positions over over the years and through Quite a convoluted path and eventually ended up up in Edmonton um, eight years ago now I believe which is crazy that I've been here eight years wow. now I think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah where I joined up with I, I came over here from Winnipeg to to run an elephant and castle back in the day which 
unfortunately didn't didn't last long but then i got adopted into the oj's family which is where i would have first met yourself and and chris and ali and tim and, and a whole host of other people so um yeah and from there i guess i i eventually landed up uh, running the state in maine out in spruce grove which was a ton of fun really exciting experience to bring that store to that community you got um, to open it too yeah to open it. yeah it was, it was really fantastic it was it was great um still one of the highlights of, of my my career for sure um getting to meet all the people there and and store opens are always exciting they've never stopped being exciting but that first one was definitely pretty special so and from there i i eventually moved over to southgate um and then uh was there for a couple of years which was another amazing experience super busy store really central pretty cool place to be part of and um until i eventually then luckily moved into my uh my current role which is as an area manager so yeah awesome i think that's the the cole's notes <laughs> And uh, I think you like to call yourself Mr. State in Maine, is that oh, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I used to, I used to call myself Mr. State in Maine, you know? I've become more humble as I've, as I've aged, you know? Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yes, okay. yes. So. <laughs> now I'm very happy to, to be part of the State in Maine family, but I don't claim ownership. Oh, of, okay. Of okay. Let's get that clear on tape, hey? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I have a few questions for you. One of them you didn't hit on that I'm actually interested in, and I don't know if I gave you this question or not, but I know your parents were in the restaurant industry. They and I'd like to talk a little bit about what it was like growing up with parents who ran restaurants and what that was like for you and what your memories are of that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So, I mean, when we lived in England, my parents weren't really involved in, in the industry at all, but um, lots of my um, extended family was so like my my aunts and my cousin my aunt and my uh, my great aunt and great uncles they ran a pub which I frequent all the time back back in England and they ran a number of pubs and my cousin who I'm who I'm quite close with um, he runs now a chain of pubs too like really high end pubs in England too so so that side of it has kind of always been a big influence on me and I think you know also directly on my mother and, and my father as well just from their associations. So when we moved out here, we we didn't immediately start in the food service industry. Um, we kind of bounced around a bunch of different um, businesses we had open. Um, one of them being a British um, like uh, goods store, like you know, so we sold like oh. tickets and like British food and stuff, and really appealed to the expats. This was back in Winnipeg, but we also had a small um, like pastry section there of homemade pastries, which went super well. Like the community really um, enjoyed them, and especially the expat community. And so eventually we decided to expand it and turn it into like a full-blown restaurant. And, and, you know, luckily um, we did very well with it and it was very successful. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that that's actually really cool. And you actually touched on another piece, but you were, you actually weren't born in Canada. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. Although I don't sound it anymore, but yes. No, was, you, you can put the accent point. on if you like though. No, no, no. That'd be, that'd be disingenuous, you know. <laughs> your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay yeah that's cool I think um I don't know I th always find it interesting like because I didn't come from hospitality family and I'm just always curious what that was like right so my mom was she was is a hairdresser she owned a salon for oh my gosh I don't know 25 30 years so she she knows hospitality but she doesn't know like hospitality right yeah. She knows those people skills and like building those interactions, those connections, right? I feel that that's a, uh, an, an industry which very much 
um, mirrors ours in that regard of, you know, you're, you're spending quality time with people and, you know, being a big part of their day, right. They're spending quality time with you as well. So. Totally. And like, you obviously saw that and thought like, this is something I want to do. Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Like making a face, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think it was ever like a light bulb moment for me. I think that I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed it when I started in it. Um, and, and I, you know, I was doing the pizza thing or whatever. Uh, and then I actually moved back to England for a while and worked at um, a, a good friend of my cousin's, a little craft cocktail bar. And I think that's really when I started to think like, okay, this is, this is something I really like. Like I like people. I like the fast pace of like the bartending. I like, um, I like the interactions. I like the weird, crazy stories you get from, from stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so when I came back, I you helped my parents open the restaurant. It was kind of the timing was perfect. And uh, yeah, I could continue to really enjoy it. And, and I appeared to be quite good at it. And um, yeah, I just kept, kept pursuing it. I kept going down the road to see, to see where it would take me, you know? And uh, I'm very, very lucky, very happy it's taken me here. Yeah, you've had like some really cool experiences. I think that that's awesome. What's like the weirdest thing you saw at the cocktail club in England? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a laundry list? <laughs> a Canadian one? Uh, yeah, there's some weird stuff that happened for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Some of it's not PG rated, so um, I don't really know if we should I talk actually labeled this podcast as explicit. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> lots of, kids. lots of breaking, breaking people up who are getting overly frisky in the bathrooms. Mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was an interesting place because the bathroom had, bathrooms had no doors. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And they were still having sex in the bathroom? Yeah, they were getting, <laughs> getting close. With each other, so, you know, we sold some pretty powerful cocktails there, so I'm not sure <laughs> that the juice is flown, but. Yeah. And they probably don't really have, like, shot glasses in England. It's more like America, and you just pour. It's, yeah, we free poured everything there. Everything we free poured, so. Man, I'm just wasted in the U.S. when I order a cocktail. I'm like, I don't even know why I ordered this gin. <laughs> I can't drink anything else after this. Yeah, yeah, it's, we we were the same there. We gave some pretty pretty healthy pours. <laughs> it all, it just puts a little hair on your chest, though, right? Exactly, exactly. So, um, so people don't know this about you because this is your first time on here, but I think that you. So you and I, I feel like we. So we used to work together quite closely. Yeah. And there was a point about a year and a half ago where kind of the franchise group broke off from the franchisee group. Is that the best way to describe it? Yeah. And yeah. So you stayed with the franchise group and I stayed part of a franchisee group or a group of restaurants. But I mean, we're obviously all still connected, but we kind of have different people that we report to. Mm-hmm. But in the time that we worked together um, and we were kind of doing the same roles side by side, I had like really incredible experiences with you and I, I like we've talked a little bit about this but I um I'm not sure that you know how fun that time was for me I, when I was thinking about having you on here I was thinking about all of the times that we did like crazy things and so m- me doing crazy things <laughs> a lot of times and you being like how can I help you <laughs> <laughs> Like putting together, uh, one that comes to mind is the Festivus. So we threw this giant party one year, and it was, uh, what was it, what was the theme? Oh, it was Gatsby. 
Mm, the Gatsby year. That was a good year. Oh so the decoration was like over the top. Mm-hmm. And and I go over the top anyway. Like sometimes people have to slow me down. <laughs> yeah. But I remember like you just being there and helping do everything. And so I always have these memories of you and working with you that you were just like so supportive and so caring. I think about I think about the Pride Parade. I think about Run for the Long. I think about Run Club. I think about all the staff parties. I think about all the heart card events that you showed up to. And I'm just curious what it is about you that makes you want to be that kind of person because I uh, not everybody's like that and I'm not sure if you're aware of that but that's actually um rare to find and I'm just wondering yeah like how how when I say that it lands with you and and what what you think about that yeah well well firstly I mean a lot of credit has to go to you Allie I mean you put on some amazing events over the year and you you paint visions for these events and make people excited and make people want to be part of them and help you succeed in them. So I think most of the credit needs to go to you there, but I mean, to touch on what you said, I mean, I, I, I just like being part of things. I like saying yes to things. I like helping people. I think it's, it gives me a lot of satisfaction to, to help people out. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, it's the best part of the extent of it. I don't know if it goes any, any deeper than that. I, I, I like it. I like being involved in things. I like, yeah. I think that's hospitality though. Mm-hmm. Like you like exemplify hospitality on a team, mm-hmm. which is like really cool, sadly. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I that's I like super yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, like I said, I just, yeah, I think it, I'm surrounded by great people and I just want to, yeah. I want to help them in any way I can, so. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That's cool. For me, it was much an opportunity to spend time with everyone and, and build better connections and, and also build something as well, you know? All, yeah. these, all these projects we were involved in, we were building something and that's cool, you know? We we're putting yeah. on a really amazing pride parade or, you know, helping to get people active where we were, you know, doing an amazing fundraiser for cystic fibrosis, like any number of those things. Like that's, that is stuff that is exciting for me to be a part of. So of course I wanna help out. That's cool. So that uh, kind of ties me into where I kind of wanted to go. So we have this, um, maybe a division <laughs> in our organization, but we definitely have a bit of a movement uh, that I think a lot of other restaurant organizations don't have towards health. And we have this, um, it's kind of like this unspoken feeling, but like we care about your health <laughs> and we want to help you be healthy if you want to be healthy. And if you're 18 years old and you just want to drink, now then that's okay too (laughs) but when you're ready we're kind of here and I I really think you spearheaded a lot of that I know Chris was always a really big healthy role model for people but um yeah I think to so I'll, I'll refer back to run club again but um you created an experience for these people at this run clubs that I think changed the course of their health and Maybe I'll let you frame up how Run Club happened and what it was like all about. But I think that that was a really, that was a really memorable experience for me um, with you. How did we start that? Um, I think it started, was. It started from one of the Run for the Lung years. It yeah. must have been like five or six years ago now. And we were trying to find a way to like get people super fired up about it. And we're like, why don't we start our Run Club? And we got people together and like. Um, once a week and we were, we, we tried, we did like a couch to 5k kind of thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I believe yeah. that's how it started. 
yeah, and then um, and yeah, so we kept it going for a number of years. Run like no. they could run like a minute, and they needed to take like a two minute break, and that was okay. Like yeah, it was great. It was a really welcoming group, especially yeah. yeah. I mean, it was great. And we had like people of all kinds of abilities came out, and um, yeah, I mean, it was awesome, right? Like getting people excited about running and all that kind of thing. Like you said, like Chris Chris Stone's a huge inspiration. He was he was for me. Um, in that regard. And I think he has been for a lot of people too. And he, he was a part of it as well. Well, he'd stop by occasionally, you know, and, <laughs> and, sh and show off his new shoes or something. And, <laughs> and how fast he could run. And, we were all running way too slow for Chris. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. He was probably just so frustrated every time he came out how slow we had to run. <laughs> oh, man. But so everybody that joined the run club that year, mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't show up to every like run club, but they all showed up to run to the lung, which yeah, is yeah. our 5k charity run. So you were talking about the cystic fibrosis fundraiser. So we've yeah. done this for, oh my gosh, how long? Like, is it, um, I think it's like 13 or 14 years. It's a long time now mm -hmm. that that race has been going on. Um, and I think we're like, oh man, I think we're like three or four on the top all-time fundraisers in Alberta for cystic fibrosis. So yeah. super cool. Like it's a really cool event. We do it out of the original Joe's Terwilliger, but these people that did the 5k, they all showed up and finished their very first like 5k together. Mm -hmm. So there was awesome. this crazy camaraderie. Hey. Oh yeah. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> I think Team Run Club had like a fundraising team as well. I think they won that year, didn't they? Won, they like, did so win. They mm -hmm. did win. So mm -hmm. I had this really crappy trophy. I don't know if you remember it. Oh, I remember. Yes. Oh. Where is it? Is it somewhere now? <laughs> I think it's in Sarah's store. I think it's in Ellerslie. Pretty sure they won it last year. So it goes from store to store every year. But mm -hmm. yeah, the year Team Run Club did it, they went wild and started pouring beers in it and drinking out of it. Oh, yeah. I and strongly it, remember that. It's like not meant to be drank out of. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't particularly. Um, yeah, it didn't hold the fluid great. But you know, if you drank it fast enough, you could kind of get. You could kind of get through. It wasn't a chalice. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think that that was like uh, really cool looking back on it, and I feel like in it, you know. Um, you kept all those people so motivated. I remember by the time the run came, I was like, ugh, I was so tired. And we had been like doing run club every week and there was just so much going on. And yeah, I, the excitement on everybody's face when they won and just like how cool that experience was. I just thought that that was really, really incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, run for the long is every year one of my favorite, favorite events for sure. So it's just so awesome. So much fun. We'll have to figure out what we do this year. We should do something. Mm -hmm. I know, right? What is your most favorite memory of your time from us working together? Ooh, that's good. I mean, like you said, there's so many. Um, I think it, I think it comes back to pride. I think it comes back to um, watching you organize that first one, uh, especially around all the events with Chris Chris Byer and all. That was just really impactful to so many people, and it was very much your. Um, it was, that was your baby, right? So that was like, uh, like, yeah, you put so much energy into organizing that. And it's such a huge thing, like dealing with organizing committees and then wrangling up restaurant people like herding cats and then, you know, managing to put together a cohesive, you know, group of us to march to march down and everything was pretty, was pretty incredible for sure. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I'm, 
you know, I, I helped out with that, but that was definitely mo most of your thing. I think it was very, very special moment. You know, I still remember like the, when you un unraveled that the banner with like in memory of Chris Byer, uh, of um, Chris Byer's partner. Yeah. It was Preston. very um, Preston. Yeah. And it was very, um, yeah, it was a very special moment for sure. And I think it's something that I'm very proud of that we did as an organization that we were the first um, big kind of restaurant chain to get involved in that. Um, I think people being able to express who they are and, uh, you know, matters of quality are something that I'm very passionate about. And I was really glad to see our organization spearheaded by you take up the, the mantle there. So. Mm -hmm. mm. It's interesting how sometimes it takes something happening, right. For mm -hmm. us to like, so we would have always said we were an organization that believed in diversity and inclusion. Like, um, but when you lose somebody who's a part of the family to like a hate crime, yeah, that's really, really deeply impactful. Right. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's really, really crazy to even think about. I remember how emotional that day was. Yeah, it really was. It was very, very powerful. And like I said, I think I think what you said is true that we definitely have always been an organization that's inclusive and welcoming of diversity. But I think there's a difference be between that being something we say and that being something we do and that we show to the city and the world. And I think the fact that we did that, and we put ourselves out there um, was a very powerful statement. I think one that we should all be still extremely proud of. I know I am. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was really proud of your eyelashes that day. <laughs> I have so much empathy for girls who wear fake eyelashes after that prom. Oh, oh, God. So uncomfortable. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, mm -hmm. it is crazy. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I still have glitter in my car from the first Pride, too, as well. The stuff gets everybody's cringe. Do you remember that, was it the first Pride where we did the heart, too? Mm, oh, yes. <laughs> That's well, crazy idea you're talking about my crazy ideas they get this crazy idea that we're gonna build this 15 foot heart and we're gonna build it out of red velvet and yeah. krista watts and i spend the probably the bulk of the time on that oh, yeah. and it's in pieces and we have to put it together and then we get it there and it is a disaster it looks like a heart that's had a heart attack <laughs> We managed to make it work, didn't we? From what I remember, you guys like, carried it through the whole parade, and I yeah. just kept looking back and being like, "I'm so embarrassed," because <laughs> you're in the pride parade, oh, and yeah. everybody has these like spectacular floats, and we have this like lopsided, dirty, broken heart. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. It just had some had some character, you know. Oh, I had just a, a little bit of yeah, that character. You know, you have to have some failures. <laughs> it's okay to fail. <laughs> I remember at the end, I think you walked up and you're like, what do you want to do with those? Like garbage. <laughs> it was like 500 bucks in fabric. <laughs> yeah, they live in a dumpster now for sure. Yeah. yeah. So what about if people make the world beautiful story? Do you have one you'd like to share today? I do, yeah. And I guess this one isn't like specifically about a person. This is yeah. more about something that... Um, yeah, I mean, so obviously COVID-19 has been a big thing, right? Like our a lot of our stores have been closed or in a reduced capacity. And um, I've now been witness to two, two first days in store where we opened up the doors again and uh, invited guests back. And I just, I mean, this is still, this is very powerful moments. Like these people are coming back in and they're seeing like, like 
friends they haven't seen for a, a long time, right? Like regulars coming back in, excited to catch up with the staff. And like, I remember both, both times when we opened up Southgate, when we opened up Windermere, every day, the whole day, it was just filled with regulars, all day and all night. The people would stay there, people stayed there like 12 hours in, bo in both occasions. It was, it was crazy. Um, but it just made me really have this like deep appreciation and deep, like really hammers home why we're in this industry, right? Like those people didn't come in for a burger, right? They came in because they wanted, they missed people. They missed those connections. And it was really cool to see that and like be part of it and like catch up with these, these people who have, who have missed us and who've missed each other. Right. It was just really, it was really special, you know? And I, I feel the more, the more I've been thinking about it, I've been thinking about a lot leading up to this is it, you know, people do make the world beautiful, but I think what's more beautiful is like the connections that people have with each other. Like, I think that's the true beauty. It's more like that web, that mosaic of interconnectedness, I think is something that um, is truly magnificent. And we, in the hospitality industry, we get to, we get to weave that web a little bit, or at least, you know, be involved in it. I think that's very cool. I think that's so cool. And I think we can like, we can also weave it and we can also join it exactly you know? yeah. so yeah. we have like um this really cool opportunity as hospitality people to decide what that looks like for us yeah and, and, and that's like, how it looks like for other people you know like yeah. i mean when we're when we're opening these stores and we're building our teams we're building like a village of con connections right like that's a, a real privilege that we get um, and, and those connections just from the people we bring into that store, they're going to make connections with guests and they're going to make connections with the thing. And like I said, this whole interconnected web and it's, you just take a moment to like step back sometimes and appreciate that it's, it's beautiful, you know? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so cool. What do you think COVID has done for our industry? That's going to be positive. Mm. What do you think the experience of COVID is, is going to bring to us that is going to be good for us? I think it's made people appreciate how much they like going out to eat and like have that escape and, and have those connections. Like I said, I think, I think people missed it. At least this, a group of people definitely missed it. I would say a lot. Um, I, th I think it's for those of us who, who all worked through it and have now gone, have gone through this. I think it's definitely made us all much more resilient. Let's put it that way. I think it's um, made us much more adaptable. I remember back in the beginning, things seemed like they were changing every like 15 minutes. It seemed like like information was just coming out of that left field. And um, yeah, I know I'm, I've always been super proud of, of my teams that have been working through it and, and everyone who I've witnessed and their ability to adapt and just be like, okay, we're doing this now. Cool. Let's go. We're going to roll with it. I think that's a great skill in, in both business and in, and in life. So I think that's kind of cool. I think that answers your question. Well, yeah, it does. And so what do you think COVID has taken? from us? What do you think we're going to lose as hospitality people in and around COVID? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think without us even doing anything, we're going to lose people's like trust a little bit. Um, just inherently in the industry, I think, I think people just like, not, I don't, maybe trust isn't the right word, but people are scared, right? Some, some people are scared. So I said, there's that subsect of people who are super excited to get out. There's equally as many who are scared to come out. Um, um, yeah, I think that's a challenge. I think, um, you know, 
it's hard to connect with people right now through it's just you know we got to stand back we got to wear masks we got to do all that and and like i said there's apprehension on both sides you know um yeah it's very complex i don't know it's like a real yeah i i think i know our industry will survive and i know i think we'll we'll thrive from this eventually um definitely some challenges right now as you said i think yeah well people are scared and yeah fear is a huge motivating factor <clears throat> it's massive for us it's massive for our guests it's uh but it's also important fear also keeps us in check a little bit too right yes i think um yeah i've spent a lot of time thinking about what i'm starting to call it like the new normal <laughs> in our conversations with our like with the leadership team and I'm like you know like what is this going to look like and um I think in a lot of ways when this all started I really underestimated the deep impact that this fear is going to have on our communities and people especially like our aging population or um immunocompromised right I mean it's pretty scary Really yeah, it is. It, it is, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, we want to do everything. We, obviously, you know, we want to keep everyone safe. We want everyone to, to be well and, uh, and not, and not endanger themselves but at the same time. Like, you know, we, we need people to come eat at the restaurants, you know, we need, we, and we want people to like, we want, we want those, we want people to feel those connections, that safe place. So it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of conflicting emotions, to be honest, you know? Um, totally. Yeah. And I know that everyone's dealing with that that's working right now. This is not an ex exclusive to our industry. I think anyone who is working in a public facing job right now is facing those same um, anxieties. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we have to do what we got to do, right? So, yeah. yeah. What's your philosophy on leadership in the hospitality industry? Hmm. Hmm. Um, great question. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, my leadership philosophy, definitely growth mindsets. Um, I, I always want my teams to grow and I, I always try to try to model the way as best I can for people. I think that's important as, as a leader. Um, having fun is obviously something that I think is super important. Uh, I think we're in a fun industry. Like if you're not having fun, then you're doing something wrong. Um, I think it's important that you're having fun that what you do at work, but also you feel that it's, that it's, you're doing something, you know, valuable with your time. It's always been my goal that anyone who, who, you know, who, who I lead or, or who I work with, it feels once again, A, that they're having fun, but that they're, you know, accomplishing with their lives. They're doing, you know, that they're growing and becoming more than they were. Sorry, I'm bad at articulating this. <laughs> you're, you're doing great. Yeah. So I think, um, I've said this, I've probably said this to you before too, but like the people that work with us, especially our frontline team, they mm -hmm. are fresh. <laughs> They're coming right out of school. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. A lot of times when they start with us mm -hmm. and this is like their first experience of life. And to join the hospitality industry and to be a part of the connectedness and this web that you're talking about and then to also come to work and have fun 
and know what it's like to, I mean, if you work in our organization, you know what it's like to grow and have the opportunity to grow. Yeah. I think that's a really cool way to start your career in the world, <laughs> you know, no matter where life takes you. I agree. I, I I love when we get someone who's their first job, you know, I mean, stay in Maine, we'll, we're hiring people who are like 16 year old hostesses, you know, it's their first thing out of high school. And that's, I mean, it's a, it's such a privilege, you know, it's mm -hmm. such an amazing privilege and, and a weight we have to bear, but it's also, it's super fun. Like knowing that you're, you get to shape this person's like first job. Like I think back to my first job and like my manager was super absent and like, we were just, we were little shitheads all the time when I was like a 15 year old. That's because like we had like, there was no guidance. There was no yeah. direction. Yeah. So for us to be in a position where we can like, be like, yeah, this is what you got to do. This is how, you know, this is how you work hard and have fun. And like, you know, you do this, this, and this, and you're going to be successful. And you can kind of like, you can really lay things out and lay a foundation for people that hopefully they can take into the rest of their lives and like, and yeah. build something with. Right. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in the next five years? I would love to keep growing uh, the amount of stores I have. State and Maine is still uh, a to be proven concept. I don't think mm -hmm. anyone would argue with that. And um, in this now in this post pandemic world, there's going to be more challenges thrown our way. So navigating those and trying to establish State and Maine as a, as a real flagship brand. Yeah. Um, I think is an exciting prospect and one that I've been working on essentially for my entire time I've been <laughs> in Northern Alberta. So it would be nice to see that through to its conclusion at some point for sure. Yeah, totally. I, it didn't happen overnight with original Joe's either. It's not mm -hmm. like we just like woke up one day and you know, it was a, a well-known brand like that mm -hmm. took time and, and we really did <clears throat> back in those early days. It was all about grassroots marketing, <laughs> word mm -hmm. of mouth, like, it was very, very slow, <laughs> yes. very slow uh, uphill game. But I think that that was cool because I'll tie it back to your web again one more time, but that's how we built it is through connection and experience and team experience. And then that just grew from there. And it was like really cool to be a part of that. So. Yeah. And I mean, I was obviously kind of the mid tail end of, of the original Joe's uptick, but yeah. I'm definitely trying to incorporate that same philosophy into what we're doing at state and Maine and yeah, just do everything we can to, to build those connections and, and provide a great experience for our guests and our teams. And, you know, hopefully the rest takes care of itself. <laughs> the rest take care of itself. Yep. So every time I do these, I do like a question, quick question closer. Ooh, okay. You don't get to know what these questions are. <laughs> okay, cool. Exciting. Exciting. And uh, some of them will make you think and some of them might not. But yeah. so question number one, what is a word us Canadians say that you Brits think is stupid? <laughs> oh, that is, I mean, there's, I, there's a few, I know, because you've yelled at me. Tuk is a pretty silly word for sure. I didn't really, we don't really know what toque means in England. We call them beanie hats. Uh, like I don't even still don't even know what a what where the word toque came from. It's a very odd word. Mm. Oh, what else is there? Canadian words. Hmm. I can't I can't think of any of many off the top of my head. My family is Scottish, mm -hmm. and they call underwear knickers. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. We call pants trousers. You know? <laughs> trousers. Pants in England are like underpants. Oh. 
Yeah, which was very confusing when you moved here as a child and everyone's talking about, you know, the pants I'm wearing. I'm like, well, you can see my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What is your favorite part about the state and main brand? I, I like that it's kind of um, a little more upscale and that it and that it has tr and trending more towards that way. Yeah. Um, if we're talking just like the, the physical brand itself, obviously not the people within the brand, which of course is my favorite, but um, yeah, I, I like that it's a little upscale. So that's definitely not something that I guess I trend naturally towards in my, in my, nor in my normal life. So it's kind of fun to, to be part of that for my, my work, for my career, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just nice. It's good. It's nice balance for me, you know? Yeah. Like I literally just converted my car so there's a bed in it so I can live out of my car for a week in the mountains and then. <laughs> so it's kind of nice to have that balance of then, you know, putting on a nice dress shirt and a pair of shoes and going to work. Yeah, you got to live in both worlds. You got to live in both worlds. Exactly. <laughs> what is your favorite beer currently? Because I know that you are a beer connoisseur. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Okay, let me let me reframe. What is your favorite local beer currently that you're in love with or loving? Uh, currently, I'm loving anything by Odd Company. They're still been my they've been my go-to all through the uh, through the pandemic here. They're local, like super local, like ten blocks from my house, and oh, cool. they're constantly coming out with new beers. Super um, super inventive group there. Uh, yeah, I love the stuff. I think I had their New England IPA just a couple nights ago. Very good. I'm a big fan of the hazy IPAs right now, juicy IPAs. They're very trendy, very delicious. Great yeah, in summer. Also not surprising you coming from England. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I know you love beer. So that's cool. That's good. People need to know this stuff. I haven't even tried them. The oh, sea Change is really good too. Sea Change is a really great brewery. There's a lot I of good love situation. Mm. Like love situation. Situation like, cool. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, we have lots of cool breweries in town. And so what in your life have you been grateful for lately? Oh my goodness, so much. I mean, just today I was thinking how grateful I am that my parents moved us here 20, 22 years ago to Canada, you know? I think about all the experiences I've had here and uh, especially since moving to Edmonton, like obviously for those who know me, I, I love the mountains. I love that sense of adventure. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine my life living in a different place place than I than I am right now um yeah can't especially with some of the I mean the political things going on in the world I won't get too much into it but I, I feel we in Canada are very lucky and then um yeah we're just we're very lucky and I'm very feel very grateful for it and, and I love the Edmonton River Valley as well I should say that I love Edmonton love it yeah I love the trail system we have here I love everything about the city so. Yeah, I've been spending a ton of time outside this summer. It's been oh, awesome. Like loving every minute of it. <laughs> what is um, your, what has been your greatest accomplishment in your hiking and your mountain climbing? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I was, I mean, this, I mean, this goes into my ultra running. I was really proud and very happy that I finally finished a, a longer for me, distance race in Golden last year, I finally got a 120k race done, which was which was pretty cool. Just under 24 hours, that was a pretty big accomplishment for me. That's huge. Yeah, it was awesome. It was good. It was very, it was, yeah, it was a lot to process. Even still, months later, it's quite an experience. Um, 
that's probably that's probably that's probably the pinnacle so far. It's probably the thing I'm most proud of for sure. Um, although I did just recently have a little side project, which I'm also extremely proud of. We're we're putting on a, a race here in town. It's a, it's a the, it's a 50k ultra marathon in town. It's semi virtual this year, um, but it's a real celebration of like the trails in Edmonton. It's it's really cool. Like I was I've been thinking this whole time like how I want to give back to this sport and like the trails and like I said like I love the Edmonton River Valley. And so I like birthed this little, this little project. I managed to find a couple people who are also into it. So we, yeah, we kind of band together and we got a, we got a little race going and all the proceeds from the race are going to uh, the boys and girls club um, because we thought that they're a really great organization that um, just does a lot for the community and for building and for in inclusivity and all that thing and all that good stuff. And the, as well as the Edmonton mountain bike association who builds all the trails in Edmonton. So we put together this great race, which like showcases all these trails and also like gives back to them at the same time. That's and, so cool. This is on, your North 50 Ultra? The North, the North Sun Ultra Challenge. So North this Sun year it's going to be virtual. Hopefully next year it'll be like a real, a real race. Um, and so yeah. if people want to join, how do they do that? Uh, they can look for it on, on Instagram, North okay. Sun Ultra. And we have an event bright. Um, welcome to sign up. If you don't want to run the whole thing, you don't have to. You just have to run like one of the trail segments that we've included. Just a really great way for people to like, get outside and explore like some of these little hidden gems. Like some of my personal favorite trails in the city I put in here and they're like, they're awesome. They're really good. Aww. We have tons of prizes. So cool. Our is on board. We got a uh, tech shop is throwing in some gift cards. We got odd companies giving us some beer. We got, we got a bunch of stuff going on. So oh, that's so, so a cool. real celebration of the River Valley. For anybody who's listening, if this is something you're interested in, I will add the link to the Eventbrite um, and to the Instagram and Face. Is there Facebook? Yeah, we got Facebook too. Yeah. Instagram and Facebook pages in the notes. So once you're done listening to us, don't leave us yet. You can go and click, <laughs> click on and uh, check that race out. That's really cool, Hadley. I think that's super awesome. I love that. Um, so before we close up today, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you would like to talk about today? Um, no, I just want to, yeah, I just want to express how, I mean, this was great, um, how much I, I value um, everything we have been through together over the years. Like you said, it's, we've, we've definitely had, like I said, we, we maybe not worked as closely in the last year and a half, but before that, some of the most defining moments of my time in Edmonton and with this company were, were moments with yourself and, and the team there. So just very grateful for it all for sure yeah i'm Love super grateful for the time we had together too mm -hmm. it's hard when things have to change mm -hmm. um yeah and sometimes especially something like covid throws you back into this like oh i miss this like yeah. you know <laughs> like i miss these times i miss these things and um but change is good too and and i think it's good and just keep moving forward right and exactly man. yeah one day we'll get to work together again Yes, no doubt. I have no and doubt. then I will make you do the craziest shit you've ever seen in your entire life. Wait. <laughs> Get ready for Sounds it. Sounds good. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Discovering Hospitality. This was Hadley Mann. He is the uh, area partner of our state and Maine locations here in the Edmonton area. He is uh, an avid avid runner <laughs> check out his north sun ultra and uh if you're enjoying what you're hearing here and you're enjoying this podcast feel free to reach out if you'd ever like to be a guest and of course subscribe and give us a rating 
You can find us on Google, Apple, Spotify, pretty much anywhere there's a podcast. So thanks so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care of yourself and keep making the world beautiful. Thank you.